This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners. Welcome back to another episode where you get charged up for success. I'm Dana Olivo, your host and CEO of Marketatomy LLC. Today, we've got a very exciting podcast for you. Our topic today will take a page out of the show CSI as we delve into how you effectively find out answers when it comes to prospects businesses, potential employees, etc. It is never more important than it is today in today's economy to protect yourself from those sociopaths whose only job is to take you on a ride for their benefit. Now, this may sound very dark and scary, but as a small business owner, unfamiliar with the world of business, we are the perfect Target for these unscrupulous individuals. It is very important to be informed and know who you are getting in bed with. Today's guest ended a long career with the Sprint Corporation in 2007 when he ventured out on his own with CYA Consulting. His corporate skills has helped him build a business specializing in helping owners during startup and scale-up business proactive approaches to crisis events such as security and personnel issues. His tagline, Think Like an Investigator, represents his talents in training business owners in interrogation and interview techniques. He assists clients in examining all available information to make the best possible decision in the present moment. Let's all please welcome to Charged Up Studio, Mr. Dan Goodwin. Hey, thank, thanks, Dana. I was looking behind me to make sure we're talking about the same guy, and I appreciate that info. That is a, uh, uh, I, I've, I've got to figure out a way to keep shortening in that. But anyway, uh, very accurate, and, and it's it was it's a pleasure uh, for me to be here to talk to your tribe and share my experience and and give some. Uh, Give some techniques that may help them as they move forward in their businesses. Definitely, definitely. So this is a very interesting and important topic that not all micro business owners take into consideration. Ultimately, many times find themselves taken advantage of, especially when dealing in a virtual environment where face-to-face contact is not always feasible. So why is it important to do your inquiry into those you deal with in business and in life. Wow. Well, loaded question. Uh, protect ourselves is, is the is the primal the primal answer is is we need to protect ourselves. 
And then not only that, we need to protect our business interest and our relationships. So whether you're talking business or personal, it is important that we have some sort of methodology to vet people that we're getting ready to engage with in business and and in relationships. These these skills that we're going to talk about, these techniques, you're going to find them uh, useful and transferable skills in personal and professional life uh, today, Dana. Yes, very good. So when we hear the term investigative, we we automatically conjure up the images of something nefarious or illegal, okay? But that's not necessarily the case, right? Correct, correct. Uh, so when you said CSI a while ago, man, one of my favorite shows was CSI. I know, me too. <laughs> I was like, I was like, David Caruso, dude, that was it. Anyway, uh, I digress. I've had a flashback, so forgive me. But, <laughs> but yes, investigations uh, can be a positive thing because not only, uh, and people automatically jump to CSI Miami or any CSI NCIS, they jump to these. And it, I, I'm here to tell you, Things don't actually go that smoothly, or 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 do we solve everything in a in a forty three minute uh, minutes of film or video, right? Uh, but it, it's our ability to discern and use our intuition to figure out: uh, Is my gut shot right on this? Do I am I moving forward to a decision that I want to make? Is it a is it up or down? stop or go what what are the next steps and it's always a good time to slow down and take a breath so then when you do make a decision you can move forward that much more quickly there we go great or quicker whatever the english is i didn't i did i was not an english major (laughs) yes neither was i i find myself being corrected many times um what are some of the areas that a business owner may want to find out more information on before acting? Great question. You know, the advent of tech has helped all of us. Uh, It's a double-edged sword. It gives us more information and it, it, it is challenging not to be overwhelmed with all of the new information. So when I'm, when I am coaching or consulting with my clients and they are getting ready to enter into a, um, a possible joint venture, an affiliate relationship, a partnership, whatever that looks like, it is how well do you know this person? How well do you know the history of this company? And we can start with technology because it is so readily available and so much of our uh, our lives are online for display for anybody that chooses to take the time to go research. Well, I know that um, uh, one of the things that um, that we spend or I spend a lot of time with my clients on um, is is when we're talking about social media and digital marketing, and we talk about um, how we can be taken advantage of through that venue, through those venues, without really realizing it because of the fact we haven't done our due diligence and we haven't gone and done the checks, you know, uh, confirmed their 
their social presence, their testimonies and things like that. We call it uh, social or sociopathic. Okay. Um, That's the book that we had just finished. And that being the case, what we were also showing them is how do you protect yourself from being named a social sociopath too, you know, (laughs) by, by putting up case studies, by putting up your book reviews, putting up your testimonials, that all speaks to your credibility. And so that's where we're going here is you want to, if you're going to go and check out a business, okay, you want to be able to go to those resources. What kind of resources do we have at our hand? You know, how can we go and check on a particular business? What are some of the tools, the skills we should have? Absolutely. Great questions. And so when I, when I talk to, when I talk to people that ask these types of questions, I remind them that, that Facebook, for, for me, that now I'm, I'm speaking for myself. Facebook to me is, is a, is a cocktail party. Uh, LinkedIn is where people go to do business. Uh, Twitter is a, a lot of noise and I, I just consider it a cesspool of people screaming, basically. Uh, IG is for narcissists. <laughs> Listen, I've got channels on all of these. I, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching it myself too, Dana. Right. But I, I am, I'm letting you know that, uh, your credibility in the marketplace, most people that I engage with, LinkedIn is the place to start. I want to know what your profile looks like. I want to know how it's focused. I I want to know recommendations. Now, those those aren't the end all be all. I don't have a lot of recommendations uh, on my on my LinkedIn, but I want to know and get a flavor for the people that I'm getting ready to engage in. And I'm most curious uh, about you know, going to the Better Business Bureau, uh, using the internet to do, you know, there's there's free research you can do and there's paid research you can do. Both are valuable. And I always, and people say, well, should I go ahead and pay for this report uh, from Barron's? Should I pay for this report from XYZ company? I don't know. How much are you willing to invest in the research phase before you enter into a five, six, seven, eight, nine figure deal? And what is important to you about that? Do you have a business attorney? And I'm kind of getting ahead of the game here a little bit, but I'm saying the, the, the overwhelm is real. I have people come to me and say, I don't know even where to start. And, uh, guess what? I can help. You do that. I can do it for you. Now it's going to, it's going to, you're going to invest some money with me, but I can also give you a framework where you can go do a lot of this yourself and then bring it back to me and then let's review it. That, so it, it's not a one size fits all there. As you know, Dana, there are entrepreneurs that are bootstrapping and they don't have a lot of extra, you know, disposable income to invest. And that's fine. And then there are people with second or encore or golden parachute careers that have just retired and they do have the money to invest in the research before they go enter into a business agreement with someone. And it's fine. Money buys you leverage and buys you speed to market. It's not necessarily the money. It's how you employ it in a very smart way. I mean, you also have the FTC, the Florida Trade Commission, you know, and things like that, that you could go to, right? 
Absolutely. State agencies. I always do. When somebody engages with me and I say, well, what state are you organized in? I'm always going to the Secretary of State. Uh, yeah. website you yeah. you pull the articles of incorporation or articles of organization if you know if it's a c corp or llc and then you look and see who signed it are they timely in their reporting have they filed their annual reports a lot of this information is at our fingertips for nominal sometimes no cost or nominal cost so would i pay five dollars for an S a secretary of state report absolutely because that tells you who the shareholders are, who the organizers are, it gives you their 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 uh, mailing address, their registered address for and on and on and on. It tells you a lot about people, and it gives you more data points that you can go further research at that point. Yeah, I you know I have a, a story that happened to me you know not even two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Okay, and. Um, you know, speaking of, you know, checking the background and everything, I had someone reach out to me via email and knowing that I produce courses with my Marketatomy Academy, I produce courses, you know, and design them and stuff like that. And he had reached out and said that he, um, that they had a nonprofit that they were looking for somebody to produce a course for. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, um, he said he had gotten my information through LinkedIn, you know, all this other stuff. And so I said, yeah, I'm interested. And then he came back and he, he basically gave me all the details in the email and everything and, and a price point we agreed on. And he's, you know, he was up front. He said, um, how would you like it? Would you like it a bank check, whatever? And I said, you know, a bank check would be good. I, ideally, it would be just pay, you know, through digital, digital transfer. And well, my boss, she, he doesn't trust digital transfer, you know, and everything. And I said, okay, I said, a check is fine, you know. So he went ahead and he sent a check. And when I picked it up, the check was almost three times the amount that we had agreed on. And I immediately, I texted him and I said, or emailed him and said, I don't know what's going on here. And he says, well, that's for two other projects I'm going to be hiring you on. And I thought, Okay. He says, just go ahead and deposit it. And I went and I deposited the check, you know, in my bank account. And it was sounding kind of fishy to me at that point. And I started doing my research. I checked with the Better Business Bureau. I went in online, looked up the company that was on the check. I had made a copy of the check and everything and went in and the company was legit. It, everything looked good. It looked, everything looked fine. The next day, I get an email stating that um, he needs to get some money back because part of that check was for a fence that he needed to do. And I said, okay, something's not right here. So I immediately went up to my bank and told them what's going on. And she immediately, she looked at me and she says, no, no, this is not right. You know, and sure enough, they had basically printed up their own checks on a legitimate company and sent it out. The bank that it was drawn on or supposedly drawn on didn't even have that account. Luckily, I caught it right beforehand, but this is the importance, you know, where I'm going with this, this is the importance of understanding why you want to check, especially in business. When you're a small business, it was a $9,000 check. That could have wiped me up if I had written anything against it, you know, and stuff like that. 
So it's important, like I said, to go and double check that stuff. Anything you can say about that or, you know. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that, it's a classic scam. I, I'm surprised that he didn't call you back and said, I need you. I need you to refund it and you can just transfer it from the check. that's how they're going to get your oh, check. He, wanted, he wanted a wire transfer. He wanted right. a wire transfer through Western Union, you know, and everything. And I said, yeah. no, I don't feel comfortable yeah. with this. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you did the exact right thing uh, as far as, you know, being suspicious, uh, those red flags that go up, but you're trusting your intuition. So, yeah. Dana, we, you know, this isn't our, this isn't you and I's first trip around the barn, right? No, I mean, we, no. We, no, but there's a lot of companies. Yeah, there's a lot of companies out there that wouldn't have thought twice about it, had deposited it. The check supposedly cleared my account. I mean, they, they credited it to my account. Uh, I think it was two days afterwards. It didn't bounce until almost 10 days later. Right. You know, so you have to keep that in mind that even though it's credited to your account and you've got that money available, it could right. come right back out again. So right. I had I had one yesterday I'll share I'll share with you and it it, it involved social it involved Clubhouse uh, for yep. for any of your your uh, your tribe that's on Clubhouse yeah. and and this is how this is how things interact so I was on Clubhouse and I got a new follower on Clubhouse I'm not very active because I don't have a lot of huge amount of extra time to be just listening and not doing something right it's, so it's completely uh, busy for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's like yeah, I don't know how these people stay on Clubhouse all day long and do any business, but anyway, that's subject for another podcast, right? Yeah. So, but the um, I had a new follower, so I reached out, and uh, the guy looked legit, and I followed him back, and it, so immediately I got a message, a private message, right? They call it back channel messages in Clubhouse. Hey, uh, what do you know about Bitcoin? It's like, oh, here we go. Yeah, because you've seen you've seen these people before. Very aggressive. So I I thought um, I said, uh, yeah. Um, and he asked a couple more questions. Uh, Would you like to know more? I said, let's connect on LinkedIn because uh, and immediately I was already researching this 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 person who was representing who they said they were and guess what the pictures on clubhouse and the pictures on linkedin the profile pictures didn't match big surprise there right so so i kept i thought okay i've got a little time in between meetings i'm gonna play with this i'm gonna i'm gonna screw with this guy just a little bit so uh i said let's connect on linkedin and he said i'm not on linkedin and i said well that's interesting i'm i'm looking at your profile and your pictures don't match. He goes, well, I don't know. I don't know why anybody would do that. I said, well, one of you's in a, an imposter. <laughs> so one of you's not who you say you are. And then uh, I looked up the same name on Facebook again. And now Facebook, LinkedIn matched. And guess what? They didn't match, you know, didn't match what was being repped. Uh, and these, he said, well, let's talk on WhatsApp. You know, I, that's how I do my business. I said, so, so when you get these people and, and I, I did mess with him for another right, uh, right. few minutes before he, he finally figured out, uh, I, this is a dry pond I'm fishing in, but I took the time to, to get those screenshots and I sent them via LinkedIn and via Facebook to the real person and said, Hey, FYI. You're being you're being spammed out on uh you know on on yeah yeah on on Clubhouse and you, you probably something you want to take care of. And uh 
so and then I got a very suspicious you know, messenger back from him saying, I don't know you. And I said, I understand you don't know me. However, <laughs> dude, somebody, somebody is taking your good name yeah, and this guy. Yeah. And looking at his LinkedIn and his Facebook, it looked like he was legit. It looked like he had enough street cred that he was delivering on Bitcoin investment. Like he said he could. So anyway, so we see these scams, whether it's the check scam that you've got, whether it's the impersonation on Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, capturing, uh, ca capturing all that. All of that is just part of the game. And the thing that just wows me sometimes, uh, and wow, not in a good way, is these people go through all of these gyrations, and some of them are probably brilliant people. If they would just turn to something legitimate, they could make lots and lots of money, money, money. <laughs> so... I'm telling you, it's it's just it's scary out there for for individuals, let alone business owners. You know, when you invest so much money in your business and then to have it wiped out because of something that somebody taking advantage of you. So this is the reason why we've got you on here talking about, you know, the importance of protecting yourself. So let's move on. <laughs> All right. That, yeah, that, that, was that was a couple of good stories, though. Donna. That was a couple I mean, of I mean, those good are stories. And I'm sure there life. are more. Yeah, those are real life happened in the last two weeks stories that you yeah. and I both shared today. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about why it is recommended to do a background investigation on potential employees. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. And so the short answer is because employees can bring, if they bring their baggage with them into your business, you could, uh, you could sink your business. If you didn't do the appropriate background, if there weren't the appropriate stop gaps in place, uh, and just a liability piece of it. So. A few years ago, I don't know if you remember this. This has got to be 15 years ago uh, in the state of Kansas. They made uh, art. I went to a large church and the church said, we're doing background on anybody that works with children. So this was back when the sexual offender law started to hit the books. Uh, that for, the uh, the Lund Act? Yeah, yeah it, this is ba back in that time, right? Yeah. So... Um, so I got a call from our executive pastor. He knew he knew the business I'm in. I was in at that point. And he said, I've got a question and this needs to stay, you know, between us. But we have one individual that's pushing back on this. And I said, that's the one you need to be concerned about, obviously. Right. So, uh, I, I you know, I helped as much as I could. I, you know, I wasn't employed. I wasn't contracted with the church. But those types of things could could sink not only a church but it could sink a business if you have somebody with that background that would be customer facing that may be going to, to people's homes for their services to provide services these are all things that you need to be aware of i'm not in a I, I'm not, I, people need second chances. They don't need to take second chances and sink your business. So these, these are the things, these are the types of issues that need to be looked at closely. And I, I always look with wonderment at the boxes on employment applications that say, I have a conviction in my past, or they don't allow that to be checked. 
And whether that's checked or not, a good HR person, a good business owner will always do their own research no matter what. The criminal records are public records for the most, the, the charges are, I should say, the charges, the findings, some of the, some of the detail is not. But again, use the, the tools at your disposal or hire done. I used to have, uh, this, this course I caught called the seven secrets that your employees don't want you to find out. Right. And so I would go through and, and I had like 20 slides in this deck, way too many slides, Dana. But at the bottom of it, I had the same question. Can you do this yourself or is it time to hire a professional? By the time you ask that question 20 times and you're describing all of the opportunities for research and all of the things that could go wrong, I gained more business off that 20 slide deck <laughs> than I had wow. done in the previous in the previous trainings I had done without the slide deck. Wow. So what about not necessarily the employee, but the people who are attached to the employee? Should you be paying attention to who they're hanging out with or, you know, that type deal? Could that come back? And, you know, the, the reason I'm asking this is because there was um, uh, a company here in Orlando that it was an engineering company and the wife worked for the engineering company. And one day, evidently, the husband or the ex-husband came in and basically shot up the engineering company, okay, and killed a lot of people, including his ex-wife or whatever. Now, this guy had a record and she had a restraining order against him. I, I, I can't see legally you being able to hold that against the employee, but that's something that is that something that should be divulged or what? Wow. You're, you're, you're starting to get into the realm of employment law and, and state laws in Florida and Kansas and Missouri, where I, where I was based all of my corporate life, Kansas and Missouri. Uh, that is probably, uh, it's going to be state specific. Yes. It would be nice to know. Can you deny a job because of a relationship? Don't know the answer to that. Uh, and what I do know, and we had incidents of workplace violence when I worked uh, at Sprint. And were those things, could those things could have been foreseen? Maybe uh, it came down to HR in the management team being engaged with their employees, creating a safe space that they could even discuss that or even give an awareness to it. So if, if so, that, so it depends. That's, that's my, my weasel answer. It, right. it depends, Dana. <laughs> um, and it is how involved are you in your employees' lives at the level of employee that they are? Are they frontline? Are they line workers? Are they first level supervisors, second level managers? How much do we really know? And is that a threat to our business or to our workplace? Yes, it can be. We have to learn how to mitigate the risk. Uh, and that is a very fine tightrope that we have to, we have to walk as business owners and not stumble off on either side of the legality piece. Um, I know that there's some uh, employers that will 
part of their hiring process is to pull credit checks. Okay. What is the legality of that? If you're going to do that. Uh, again, employment and state law specific, uh, but credit reports. Yeah. If, if, if the employee will voluntarily give it up, um, it, it, you know, the, the credit check piece, if it's a, if it's a position of financial responsibility, then more than likely it's going to be a condition of employment. Um, I, way years ago, I had a top secret clearance when I worked for the My husband course. does too. Yeah. Right. So they talk to everybody and the neighbor and the neighbor's dog. I mean, they, they're asking. Uh, so they're, they're trying to see if you're in a position of being financially compromised. That's exactly. that's exactly. the main reason they they do that for top secret. And so, you know, and I worked on wiretaps and covert cameras and that story story for another time. Mm -hmm. Been there, done that. And it, it is important. Uh, one of the things I will uh, I will share with you that is that is not the financially compromised. But if people are if they have current IRS or state tax liens, uh that needs to be explained. It's not going to keep somebody from getting a job, but that needs to be explained. And if, if there's something attached to their house. So when people have access to systems, especially financial systems, uh, or they can social engineer a, a relationship to generate money checks out of a company, th those are always things that you, you need to be looking at and be aware of, not necessarily causing you to be denied a job, but at least on the radar so that when you visit with people, they know that you know, and that helps uh, people make better judgment decisions sometimes. How's, how's that for being politically? Yeah, my husband has a top clearance um, as well. And I know that, yes, um, I fall right under that. You know, as yeah. far as that's concerned, you know, so any any history on me could reflect on his ability to be able to hold that top clearance. You know, and my sisters and people, they just can't understand how that can happen. You know, but oh, um, it can happen. It can happen. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. So um, talk about any other legal aspects that we should be aware of when we are actually doing an investigation on a business or an employee? Okay, so business, uh, you're pretty much going to be uh, restricted, uh, at least online, to, to whatever is public records. Uh, th the best way to do the non-public records relationship uh, investigation is the same way you would deal with employees. You're going to go look for those Common connections. LinkedIn does a very good job of that. Uh, so there may be somebody that you find, oh, I didn't know that person used to work there. I wonder what they would have to say. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's uh, let's look at this person's Facebook page. You know, what what are they posting pictures of? And I, I, our, it's funny because our high school group, when we get together and we look at each other and going, thank God we didn't have Facebook and Instagram when we were in high school. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah. because, oh, my goodness, we were so stupid on some things. So but those are the things and the Internet's forever. 
And people say, well, I'm going to I'm going to erase that. No, you're not. Because guess what? We have what they call the Wayback Machine, right? We can go back and look at previous iterations of people's pages. If it's in the ether, believe me, I can find it. I can find it. And that, that that's one thing that the investigative life that I lived before I became an entrepreneur and a business owner and a consultant is those skills have served me well. Uh, in order to go out and discover pieces of information that aren't readily available or readily public. So speaking of Facebook, you know, um, especially on the employee side, a lot of companies do go back to their social media, to the employee social media. What are the, um, the ramifications that an employer can use when it comes to Facebook and can't use? I mean, is it just, oh, this person, you know, they like to party a lot, you know, and all this other stuff and all the pictures? Or is that something that they can restrict or fire somebody over? Or what, you know, what are they looking for? Well, they're looking for any liability that their, those person's actions may bring to their business. And here's what I know. After being involved in thousands of investigations and teaming up with HR and employment attorneys, if you're in an at-will employment state, there's going to be a reason that you get fired. And it may not, it may be not be Facebook specific, but they're going to find something, especially if you're in an at-will employment state, uh, because you can fire anytime for any reason. Now you still have to defend it. You you can't just fire willy-nilly for a made-up reason. That's a great right. way to write a large check at the end of the day, right? But they're going to find something. Uh here's what I would encourage past partiers to do. <laughs> and that is lock down your Facebook account, right? I mean, set the privacy settings that only your friends can see it or friends of friends. Uh, the, the very mine's locked down. I used, he, here's what I used to tell my clients when they, especially six, seven, eight years ago, when this be started to become an issue is think about your Facebook page, Dana. Think about one being all personal and 10 being all business. Where do you, where do your posts fill in that, in that range one to 10? Now, when I started my Facebook account in 2008, yes, I'm an early adopter. Uh, it was all one or two, right? It was all family. It was all look what the kids did. Look at the project we're working on. Now, as I, as I started getting more savvy and then I figured out I can use this for business, my posts are, uh, I still make personal posts. I made one today about, about weight loss, right? But I still, but, but most of my posts are going to be in the seven, eight, seven, eight, nine, right? They're going to be somewhere up there. I'm still posting pictures of the grandkids when my kids will let me, yeah. right? I'm yeah. very, I know my kids won't let me either. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, the whole thing is, and, and then of course on LinkedIn, you, you get flamed if you've, if you post anything too political, opinionated, or personal on LinkedIn, people are just going to flame you because this is not Facebook. This is LinkedIn. This is where yeah. we do business. So, yeah, I, I would say th that's a long answer to your short question about what role does social media play and how do we use that? How do we consume that when we're making employment decisions? And it all, it all matters. Every little thing you do matters. 
So make sure whatever you're working on or you're posting is what you would want a potential employer, partner, business person to see. So do you have any last words of wisdom to impart to our listeners? (laughs) Uh, Security, security, security. That's three. That's the same one. Uh Locked out. Listen, there are are too many bad actors today in, in the space. Make sure you've locked down your accounts with two-factor authentication. I get notices every day via email. Somebody attempted to reset your password. Was this you? No, it wasn't country of origin. <laughs> Ukraine. No, this wasn't me. I use a VPN, but I'm not using the Ukraine VPN, right? Oh, wow. So, so two-factor authentication. Use a physical two-factor authentication key. Use authentication apps on your phones. Lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. And th- whatever is public is going to stay public. It's going to be out there. It can be found. And uh, people, listen, even non-public information can be found because guess what? There's a dark web out there and I can I can ping that and pay for information because somebody in that particular company has already been compromised. Their information's out there. It's a scary, scary world. And you just, you got to stay ahead of it, Dana. That's that's my last words of wisdom. Okay. So how can our listeners get a hold of you should they want to? Uh, sure. So it's it's just uh, www.cyaconsulting.services, cyaconsulting.services. And by the way, CYA, it stands for Cover Your Assets. Now, your listeners may have heard it differently. I know I'm kind of a smart astronaut myself, so that's what CYA stands for. And I have a lot of fun with that. I bet. I bet. I know when I first met you, I thought that's what it meant, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, indeed. you know where our minds go sometime, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a All right. interrupt. <laughs> All right. He also has his little um scan symbol down in the right corner. Yeah, the, the QR code. Yeah, that you yeah, 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 the QR use. code. If 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 you scan that, that will get you a calendar link and my contact details if anybody wants to reach out. And I'm always I'm always glad to visit with with people and and, and help them think through things. Very good. Very good. So that concludes our podcast for today. Please leave a review on any of the streaming platforms you are listening to us on today or go to Charged Up Studios Facebook page and leave a review there. Charged Up Studio is a product of Marketatomy Academy, the learning system designed specifically with the micro business owner in mind. For more information and to register for our many courses, go to Marketatomy.com. Academy. So I look forward to talking more with you next week when our guest will be best-selling author Carol Sanford as she talks about regenerative business growth. Talk to you then. Go out and have a charged up week. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Dana. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.